We're at the uh, seminary down the road where I'm stationed. I have the privilege of getting to make lots of unpopular choices. But by far and away, one of the most unpopular choices I ever made there was to have some speed bumps inserted on the roads around the seminary. Um, and they're not really speed bumps. They're not the like break your axle kind of speed bumps that probably lots of your kids have at their schools. They're more sort of humps. But they get the job done and people were sort of tearing through there, so wanted to protect folks. But what struck me this morning as I was walking over here, because I know where they are, they were fiendishly placed just where they needed to be to slow people down. But I was walking over here and it struck me as I got to the road 176 that I'd barely even noticed them. Because of the snow, they were covered up. All the road was more or less as high as the top of the bumps. And I was thinking if somebody were driving there, they'd barely notice them as well. You don't notice something like speed bumps unless and until they stick up above whatever the background is. Now think about that as a little metaphor for the spiritual life. What you see in the gospel today, in the presence of Jesus, who hits a spiritual speed bump, if I can put it that way? Who is it that just gets completely knocked off kilter? They somehow know they're in the presence of the Lord. They somehow know they are in the presence of greatness. And yes, the people in the synagogue, they're struck by Jesus' teaching with authority. But the one who really gets jarred by the presence of Jesus in his midst, of course, is the demon. And you see that throughout the Gospels. Long before human beings really understand who Jesus is, the demons get it right away. Because they're moving along, not getting closer to God, obviously quite the opposite, but they're committed in moving in that way. And when Jesus comes along, it's like a speed bump in the road. Well, what about the other people? What about the disciples in general? Jesus is right there. They're with him a lot more frequently than the demons are, but it's almost like there's this layer of snow, you know, there's background noise, and the amazing presence of Jesus himself, at least on their side of the resurrection, it doesn't draw all that much attention. And if you want to take that from a gospel story and say, well, what does that look like for us? I'd invite us to think about that concept of commitment. To whom or to what are we committed? And I say that in light maybe of that second reading where St. Paul is talking about the difference between a married person and an unmarried person. And he says the married person is anxious about pleasing the Lord, or excuse me, about the things of this world. So presumably their spouse is part of that. And the unmarried person is anxious about pleasing the Lord. And okay, I mean, I, I see what he's getting at there, but something tells me that probably at frat houses all over the world, the guys didn't wake up this morning anxious because they wouldn't get to Mass necessarily in the snow. It's not necessarily the case that unmarried people are anxious about pleasing the Lord more than other people. But what I think St. Paul is really getting at there is this idea of commitment. Your commitment 
can really draw you closer to the Lord or it can draw you further away. Your commitment can keep you so focused that in those moments when the presence of the Lord is most tangible, most striking, you know, one of those speed bump, speed bump moments in the spiritual life, it's that thing then that can excite you in a good way, not like the demons in the gospel. And what are the commitments that ultimately make us more sensitive to the presence of the Lord? Because we know there are other commitments, and Paul is probably alluding to those as well. It's not all that hard to figure out. It's what Jesus invites us into again and again. It's self-sacrificial love, for example. It's the kind of love, a commitment, that allows us to say when the moments come, I can put aside my own intentions. I can put aside my own desires. Not all the time, not 100%, but when those moments arise, I know what they look like. Because if that's not the way I love, and if my attention is more focused on myself, then when the invitation comes, when it's as if Jesus is right there in my presence, it's a speed bump that drives me away. I slam on the brakes or I go flying over it and I'm upset because all of a sudden I had to deal with that call on my generosity or my time or whatever it is. Self-sacrificial love that willingly lets itself acknowledge the moments when they come as opposed to a focus more on ourselves or selfishness and then it's a lot harder to notice the presence when it's there. Another way of commitment in the Christian sense of the word, to be open to letting ourselves be loved, to letting ourselves receive, to be attentive, to be watchful, looking for those moments. Every decision we make, either opening up our hearts to be a little more receptive or a little less receptive. But if we're attentive in that way, then when the presence of the Lord is there in a particularly tangible way for us, because something has suddenly sprung up in a relationship, something suddenly arises in our own lives. Maybe it's in our jobs. Maybe it's in something that's happening on the world stage and all of a sudden we can't ignore it anymore. And that little push of our conscience says, now this is the time for you to get involved. It isn't just an act of our ego, but it really is a way for us allowing ourselves to be loved. And I think we know what that feels like in our human relationships. It works the same way with God. To be watching, to be attentive, so that when that presence comes up, that little speed bump of opportunity, we don't run away, we don't shriek in fear like the demons, but we notice it every bit as starkly as they notice that presence. So just a little spiritual exercise. Maybe if you're crawling on your way home in this snowstorm, and not necessarily noticing everything that's going on around you, and that's probably a good thing, staying focused. But to just think about where are your commitments? Where is your attention directed? Where is your time directed? Where are your resources directed? And then ask yourself with absolute honesty, is that making me more sensitive to those punctuated moments? those punctuated moments when God's presence sort of erupts into the midst of our lives. And is that a moment that we embrace 
or as we see in the Gospels today, perhaps a moment that repels us. We know what we desire, and by being attentive to the moments, that makes it a lot easier to follow God's will.